Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real-life rescues to you firsthand from those involved. I'm your host today, my name is Grant. With me, I've got Kyle Williams. He's from Cobb County, Georgia. He's going to talk to us about a grab they made on July 26, 2023. So, Kyle, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about Cobb County and the search culture there. Yeah, so, uh, Cobb is a fairly large department. We get 29 stations, 5 battalions. Um, probably 700 plus, uh, personnel in the field. Um, so we've got a large department, but, uh, you know, I second to none, I think we have a search culture that is top of line. Um, it's changed probably in the last 10 to 15 years. And we've, we've kind of gone the route of, of really learning how to put our, our victims first and, and how to make life safety really the, the center point of our, our structure fires. Um, we've got some great guys that have taken that lead and, and taken us to another place. Um, yeah. How did, how did you guys do that? Cause it's one thing to say, Hey, you know, we've got an aggressive search culture or, or our culture isn't where we want it to be. Uh, but what are you guys doing to, to make sure that that's known from, from here on out from all the people you guys hire? Yeah. So I, I think it really started with us starting with the working groups for uh, our recruit schools. So we, we started having groups of guys from the field that were coming in and kind of assisting training with, with teaching our recruits really kind of more advanced type of techniques, kind of have them more ready to get out into the field as opposed to just getting them through their firefighter stuff. So to me, it really started with our working groups and we started with a search group. Then we got ladder groups and we've got, uh, you know, fire attack groups and, 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 so all of this kind of started, and it, I believe that culture really started with with those groups, and then it was easier, I think, to spread it through the department. Um, when the guys are coming out of recruit school, you know, really kind of with some more training that a lot of the guys in the field had, it, it caused those guys to really catch up and, and change the, the focus. Um, you know, we've got guys, I know you, I know you know Dustin and, and those guys that have really pushed that culture forward and put it in a way that, makes sense to people. That's cool. Um, how long is recruit school for you guys? Um, so they get, I want to say it's three months of fire school and then the rest is EMS school, but it's like 18 months almost now. It's almost a year and a half that they're in recruit school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, it's a pretty long process. Um, but I would say probably three months on, on the fire side. Uh, so what do you guys get on a first alarm, like residential house fire, people trapped? What are you guys getting? So residential, we're going to get four engines, uh, a rescue, two chiefs car, a ladder truck, and our, our heavy, one of our, our squads. And then who's doing what when they arrive? Do you have, do you have like a, a arrival order and pre-arrival assignments or is it instant command driven or what? So that, that's going to determine really your, you know, who you're working around. You know, some people run different. We, um, I know at my station, we kind of have an idea of what we're going to do. Um, we have an engine in, the, in one of the heavies here at this, at my station. So um, we, we have an idea of what we're going to do. Yeah. I, you know, we, some of us try to keep engines doing 
suppression and, and those types of things and ladder trucks doing ladder work. Um, but it depends on where you're at. Some of that kind of gets muddied in a big department like that. I think you have a lot of different uh, viewpoints on that. So people are going to run a little different. So uh, as far as your rig goes, you're a heavy, um, how many guys are you running on there? So I'm on the engine. We've got uh, four to the engine. We run a minimum of three and there's six assigned to the heavy with a minimum of four. So you guys are, you guys uh, arrived to a house fire in your first alarm district. How are you divvying up the the work with those 10 dudes? Okay. Yeah. So uh, engine, we're going to be suppression. And I use my heavy kind of a, in my thought process of kind of a ladder truck. So ladder operations, you know, if, if we need a vertical vent search, um, any type of those situations, that's, that's where I'm going to put them to work at. And they know that. Um, and depending on how many they have allows me to even split them if I need to split them and, and kind of really get that work kind of divvied out. So let's talk real I'll cut that out. But hey, so let's talk real quick. Um, search. Uh, if a crew gets assigned search, mm-hmm. what what plays can they be calling? Are they using an oriented VES, uh, team search? What, what, you know, what kind of stuff yeah. are you guys doing there? Yeah, any of the, any, any one of those is going to work. I mean, we, we're looking for searchable space. Um, you know, anything that we deem searchable, we're, we're going to go to it. And that may be through a window. That may be through a door. Um, you know, we don't want to get uh, stuck in the in the realm of they just follow the, wherever the hose line goes in, that's where they're going to go. So we leave that up to the search crew to kind of really determine their best entry point, unless we do have, you know, reports of, hey, we saw somebody right here, uh, then we're going to VES. But yeah, we use VES, window, window assisted search, you know, um, however we can get in the building in a searchable space, that's, that's where we're going to go. Nice. Uh, take me to July 26, 2023 and tell me about this call. Okay. Um, kind of a unique day. We were actually running with full staffing, which is very unusual right now. So I, I did have four on the engine and, and we ended up, we had five on the, on the squad. So that put us in a, in an advantage point, but I'd have a, I had a young firefighter who just made the promotional list. I actually had him ride in the seat that morning. So it was about five 30 in the morning. We got the call on the way there. We did receive reports of possible three victims um, you know, we knew we had a fire. We had multiple calls. They had explosions, you know, neighbors calling in. So we, we knew we had a fire. Um, I just told him, I said, Hey man, just give me a good solid on-scene report and, and, and I'll take over from once we get there. So, um, he gave a good on-scene, you know, we, we had a, a one-story ranch that had heavy fire showing from the, the alpha and, and Bravo side. So, uh, we get there, I jump out. And I was met by a female with a, a young child at the end of the driveway. Um, she obviously bailed out of the house somewhere. She had a big laceration on her head and some soot on her face. And obviously was in a little bit of shock. And she kind of informed me that there was three people in there. Um, she didn't really give me any good location. Um, so I just went ahead and reported, let everybody know coming in that we did have a confirmed three victims. I did my walk around. Um, I went ahead and had the squad go into rescue mode. I uh, had, I have a senior fireman who's arguably the best nozzleman in the county. Um, so I kind of put him uh, on the nozzle himself and started with a uh, transitional attack because we did have a lot of exterior fire also. So he went ahead and started putting water on it. I finished my walk around. Um, 
I got to the Delta side, a neighbor had pointed at a window on the Delta side and said, hey, I saw somebody up there. So I went ahead and directed the squad to go at VES on that Delta side. So that was the first initiated search. Um, our first two truck got on scene. I gave them search on the Charlie side, and then we made entry through an alpha side window. Uh, the front door was blocked because the porch had burned through and the roof had kind of collapsed down and blocking the front door. So we had kind of made entry on three sides of the house um, to initiate the search for three people. So that was kind of our initial kind of uh, show up right there. Um, so yeah, so I jumped through an alpha side window, ended up in a bedroom, searched that bedroom. Um, my nozzleman and, and firefighter were following me. Uh, I made it to the hallway and I had located the first victim right there. She was laying face down in the hallway. Um, so I was able to grab her. She was young girl, 14, probably 100 pounds or so. I was able to grab her up and, and get her out the front window back where we had come in. So my young firefighter jumped back out the window and was able to receive her. Um, we were able to pass her out the window and he carried her to the front yard, initiated CPR uh, in gear right there, which allowed me to kind of stay inside and continue continue my search. Um, my driver who was pumping took over CPR from him so he could get back inside um, until EMS was able to get there and they were there pretty quick. So we continued our search. She was facing towards the Delta side. I knew we had seen a victim over there. So I continued my search that way, met up with the squad where they had located a victim in the bathroom that they had VES and a large victim, small bathroom, high window. Uh, those guys had some, <laughs> they had some major work and they got this guy out. He was probably 300 pounds. Window was probably 48 inches off the ground. And I think we measured they had about 30 inches of working space in this bathroom. It was really narrow. Um, essentially, it was a Denver drill with, with a, a civilian. Um, so they really had some work. What, what were conditions in there? Well, maybe why they chose the wind that window rather than go to like an adjacent room or something. The only window on that side of the house. Uh, I get you. Yeah, it was the sole window on that side of the house, and he was in that bathroom. He was actually in the back of the bathroom in the shower with the shower on. Um, but he was about three hundred pounds. He was soaking wet, and uh, they were able to get him to the window. And we had the house was extreme hoarder conditions, so there was no chance of pulling him out anywhere else. That was. That was their one shot right there. Um, they double laddered the window, so they were able to get two guys in that window to help. But, uh, man, it was they, – they put some work in and to get that guy out. Um, they were able to get him out. And uh, we continued search and found the third victim on the Bravo Charlie corner and were able to get her out of the Charlie side window. That's crazy. So, um, so you'd mentioned before, all the victims ended up coming out windows. Was that based on the, the hoarder conditions and, and difficult drags and whatnot? Yeah. I mean, the house had been remodeled multiple times. Uh, the front door said it was the, the fire had started kind of on the front porch and it was an enclosed porch, but it had burned away by the time we got there and the roof had fallen forward. It was a metal roof and it had drooped down and was blocking the front door. And then the, back doors were blocked from renovations and yeah i mean it was just not a very accessible uh house at all uh how, how big would you say this house was thousand square foot maybe 
Okay, so not real big. No. What what were conditions like inside? Uh, high heat, no visibility. Yeah, I mean it was, um, it was pumping. It was pumping a lot of heavy smoke out of each every hole there was in that thing. Uh, it burnt through the front porch into the main living room and burned up into the attic by the time we had got there. So wow. we did have some, yeah, we did have some rafters that had fallen in the living room that we had to get through. We were getting through there to find the third victim. So, so do you got, you guys practice window lifts and whatnot oh, um, yeah. in orientation or all the way through or, and, and if so, how do you guys, how do you guys practice that? Or what's your, what's your method? Yeah. Well, so we, we practice that with, with recruits and then in the field, we, we do all tours. Yeah. We, so we really practice, you know, ideally we want to get them on their back and their feet against the wall and really kind of push them up into a fetal position and use that wall and, and ball in their body up to kind of roll them out of a window. Um, they were not able to get this guy turned around in that small space. Um, and so they kind of had his back against the window. They were able to hand his arms up to the two firefighters up in the window to help pull. And man, they just had to grunt force, lift this guy up and get him out. He was soaking wet and yeah, it was, they had a fight on their hands, man. I, I commend those guys. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah. What, um, what was the time? I mean, you, you blew through telling us about this call pretty yeah, quickly, sorry. but, but, uh, but what was the time um, from arrival to, to victims out? If you could give us um, a sense. Yeah. So the first victim, we had her out in just under seven minutes from arrival. And the third victim, I want to say it was around, we had all three victims out within about 12 minutes of arrival. Outstanding. Uh, you know, the things that jump out to me on this, you know, especially is not being able to bring out victims uh, via a door, um, mm -hmm. it, you know, getting good with those window lifts and, and whatnot. Um, but how fast you guys just found one and continued on? Uh, a lot of times, you know, you talk, we talk with people doing this and, and you find one and then you just get stuck on that one. And even in the drills, a lot of times, you know, one victim in the, in the drills over, but I love that you guys passed off victims and, and uh, then just kept moving and, and working together as a team. That was cool. Yeah. I would say that really what led to that, you know, was the training that, that, that they're getting, you know, my, my young firefighter, man, it was, there was no micromanaging on my part. He just knew that he needed to, take the victim and start CPR. And that, that freed me up. Um, and then as EMS got there, it freed them up so he could get back in there. It was, it, it, it was that mentality of, you know, Hey, we still got people in there. We got to get them out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, that freed everything up, man. I, I, I can't speak enough about the, the culture that's been created here and, and we're definitely benefiting from, from that. That's great. Um, takeaways for you and your crew, uh, after this call. Yeah, man. Um, I want to say one of the biggest takeaways is have those discussions around the dinner table, man. We've, we've talked about this fire, you know, before it ever happened. Hey, what are we going to do if we have a victim? How you want to handle this? This is, and, and just having a plan laid out like, Hey man, this is, Typically what we're going to, everybody had an idea of where they weren't going. All I had to do was let everybody else know that's coming in kind of where we were headed. Um, so talk about these fires, man. Talk about how you want to handle certain things. Hey, if this happens or if this happens and at least have something laid out so that if it changes, it's, it's an easy adjustment. Um, 
I think that was one of the biggest takeaways we had was, you know, hey, we talked about this. We knew what we were doing, and that's why it operated uh, fairly smoothly. I mean, it was chaotic, um, but overall worked very smoothly, in, in my opinion. Um, you talked that first victim was found in the hallway. Mm -hmm. uh, second one was in the bathroom. Where was the third one found? She was on the Bravo Charlie side. And, you know, and that was one thing that goes against everything that you, you learn is typically when you find multiple victims, they're usually right there with each other. You know, we always teach when you find somebody, flip them over, search under them. And, you know, uh, these people are all on three different sides of this house, mm -hmm. um, which really made it more difficult for sure. Now, um, just talk for a minute about when you're doing your searches, you, you have the crap visibility and the high heat. How are you searching? You searching with hands or how were these victims found? Um, all with hands. Yeah. Um, so Caleb, my, my young fireman was riding the seat, so he had the tick with him. So it was, I reverted back to just old school, which is more comfortable for me as the way you know, I've been doing this 25 years. It's the tick came along, you know, during my middle of my time. So, um, yeah, so my search was done with just old school. Let's get this done. Um, yeah. And so the guy in the bathroom, I think, was found the same way. Those guys searched. They had ticks. I don't think they saw him on the tick. Um, and then when Caleb joined up with me, we would find the third victim. We were having some problems with it. It was it was white now. And I think. We're having some issues, I think, with you got to get it so close to your face because it reflects the light of the smoke and thick smoke conditions. It makes it really tough to see. Um, and I think we were kind of running into some of that. Yeah, it's definitely an art. Uh, I'm not real good, good at it. Uh, and then I know Dustin does a good job explaining uh, that we don't even know what we're, lo we're looking for half the time. And uh, yeah. we, our training different... is completely opposite. Yeah, you, victims are look different in training than they do in real life. Um, so cool. Well, I appreciate you reaching out and, and sharing the story. It's a good one. Um, and I love the search culture that you guys got going on there and, and love what you guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to share before we get going? No, I don't think so, man. I think that was, that was it. Just right. just want to say that the the guys that were there, man, I, I can't can't praise them enough. They, they operated at, at an extremely high level, um, and I was very proud of them. That's great. It's good when the training all comes together, we can get uh, have a good outcome like this. So yeah. uh, thanks again for sharing. Uh, anyone that's out there listening, if you uh, have a grab and want to share your story, reach out to me, Grant Schwalbe at gmail.com or 239-898-0843. Uh, if you're not comfortable doing that, uh, I'm going to try to twist your arm a little bit and we can be anonymous or at the very least go to Firefighter Rescue Survey and uh, fill out that information for us. Uh, but until next time, thanks for listening. Oh,